the exact mechanics, techniques, perspectives etc. which can be used to implement loving anyone is the crux of the issue. Without an ability to easily implement this understanding it doesn't mean all that much. We need the ability to apply this conception. A helpful perspective is to look at the root or basic motivation. To combine that with the perspective and understanding of, inappropriate application of goodness. When we look at behavior, when we react and respond, what exactly do we typically interact with? It's surface behavior. This is a key understanding. Surface activity is almost always motivated by something deeper. Another key understanding is to realize deeper motivations which compel behavior are not only unconscious, but are not even deliberately chosen. These subsurface motivations are for the most part inadvertently assimilated from society, culture, family, friends. The way to identify these absorbed energies, and thus what drives people to their actions, is to examine their underlying intent by way of looking at it through the lens of should. When we consider behavior from this perspective we see people acting the way they do because they think they should. An extreme example is terrorists. They really and truly think they should be blowing themselves up for their ideals and beliefs. It doesn't matter that it's ineffective, foolish, ridiculous, horrendous, tragic etc. The base motivation is still that this is what they believe they should do in order to be good. It's sad. And it's in this exactly that the compassion of the Buddha, Jesus, and others like them resides. That same compassion is in all of us. We but have to connect to it. Of course understanding this misguided behavior does not mean we condone or excuse it. Not in the least. It just means we understand how goodness came to be so distorted, so corrupted. Again, it's sad. But, the key to loving them as human beings is to separate out the absurdly ridiculous, awful, horrible and ultimately tragic consequences of their lack of awareness, to see past it to what motivated them. And at root, that motivation was a desire to do, and be, good. Suicide bombers are of course an extreme example. But if we apply this same understanding and practice of looking past the surface, past the unfortunate consequences of the everyday behaviors of inconsideration, annoyance, and botheration we encounter, and look at why exactly it is those people are behaving that way, we inevitably see a should in there somewhere. Acting superior, for instance, this is a should foisted on us almost everywhere we turn. Status, winning, accomplishment, are all communicated as a good. They are relentlessly encouraged and through this by implication are regarded as good. Thus something that should be done. Something that is good to do. All of those are basically ways of being superior. So it is no wonder that so many believe that they should try and be superior to others. After all, it's what they've been taught is good. And it seems, the whole world thinks so as well. There are many other instances of should corrupting good. If we keep this in mind when we look at people behaving according to misguided and inappropriate applications of should, it helps us inordinately to see that at root, those people are trying to be good. Sadly, they are caught up in the inappropriate application of goodness. This inappropriate application of goodness is seen in almost all human behavior and endeavors, especially the foolish ones, like being a victim, martyr, wallowing in self-pity, blame, denial, guilt and so many other psychological conditions. Almost inevitably there's a connection somewhere to a should. The belief that behaving the way they do is something they should do. Of course it's not a conscious connection for the most part. But, we can consciously and deliberately see past this sad and inadvertent subscription to the perils of blindly acting on assimilated shoals. 
We can make the effort to see past the inappropriate surface behaviors and see underneath it or list someone trying to actually be good, albeit inappropriately so. When the Buddha or Jesus saw those unfortunates, they may as well have been saying, there but for the grace of the universe go I. How we are is sometimes a function of massive luck, and if we have the luck to be aware of this, to be aware that when we see others being inappropriate, we can realize why exactly, and apply this awareness and understanding to ourselves. So that we may not fall into the immersions which lead to gross inappropriate applications of goodness ourselves. To make sure this doesn't happen, if we're lucky enough to come by this awareness, this insight, we can set about determining to be independent. To not allow ourselves to be inadvertently influenced by that great corrupter should. I think Satan is a corruption of should. What we can do is examine exactly why it is we do anything. Do we really and truly like it, believe in it, think it's actually really good in itself? Or are we doing so simply because we think we should? Because we are supposed to? Another horrid and pervasively corrupting phrase, along with must be and such like, all these push away of being onto us and rob us of individual thought and thus true self-determination. Thus, we have to ask ourselves, am I going to be an inadvertent slave of should? Or am I going to determine for myself, according to my own true standards what is good? Good for me, according to me. Am I thus going to become a real genuine authentic person? or a puppet of should and a sheep to the expectations and manipulations of others. Because this too we have to understand, as long as we are unconsciously connected to should, we are easily manipulated, just like those poor saps who get tricked into putting on suicide vests and blowing themselves up. Just as when we blow up in self-righteous anger, we are setting off a bomb also, hurting others and ourselves, or any other inappropriate negative behavior. Inevitably at root it's because somehow, somewhere, we felt that in the particular circumstances it's something that we should do. So when we re-examine our behavior in this context, we need to ask ourselves if we are emotional terrorists, if we are terrorists of negativity. If the answer comes back yes more often than we'd like, then the next thing we ask is, what can I do? What we can do is look past the surface. Look past the facade of image and appearance. What things seem like, look like, and appear to be, is very seldom what they actually are. We but only have to apply this to ourselves. How often isn't our own behavior misunderstood? What we actually meant is sometimes not seen at all. Just the surface is reacted to. What we meant and what we said or did are not always the same. We have to remember this and apply it to others. So what we can do is look beyond the surface. Get into the habit of looking deeper. Look past the surface inappropriateness and look all the way down to the root intent, which is inevitably the desire to be good the desire to do good. And, a most helpful tool in all of this is to always ask, what's appropriate here? And to consider what would be appropriate in the largest context we can imagine. What's appropriate in the context of our overall life? Of our life goals and life beliefs, our life values and standards. When we do this it's much easier to respond with behavior which is appropriate in the overall. In this way we avoid enacting the inappropriate application of goodness. I love people, but that doesn't mean it's appropriate for me to hang out with criminals. A useful perspective to consider when it comes to extremes of inappropriateness. But in our everyday lives we merely need to develop the habit of looking past the surface. Inappropriate application of goodness is usually only occasional behavior. What makes inappropriateness possible is simply a lack of awareness. In this we can easily make the shift by considering the behavior of others and of ourselves in the most overall context in which it is appropriate. 
If we can be appropriate in the immediate context and in the long-term overall context, then the likelihood of our good intentions actually being good as behavior is high indeed. We can constantly remember others might not be so lucky to be aware of their own inappropriateness. We can make the effort to see past it, and look for and see their desire to be good, no matter how inappropriately applied. We can separate out the behavior of people from their innate goodness. We can refuse to love the behavior, while still loving the person. Nobilia.org Self-Discovery Project Hashtag loving anyone Hashtag perspective Hashtag inappropriate application of goodness Hashtag key understandings Hashtag inadvertent assimilation Hashtag underlying intent Hashtag should Hashtag understanding Hashtag lack of awareness Hashtag motivation Hashtag being good Hashtag implications Hashtag inappropriate goodness Hashtag awareness Hashtag understanding Hashtag real self Hashtag appropriateness Hashtag life values Hashtag discernment